um, I made a decision. And in doing so, I met a God that loved me unconditionally, beyond comprehension, who would walk alongside me, guiding me through this journey we call life. And while I, the past six years since then have been absolutely amazing, more than I could have ever imagined for myself, I'd be lying if I said they were easy. I learned pretty quickly that being Christian does not mean that everything goes perfectly for you. But what it does mean is that you will never have to go through the hard stuff alone. The knowledge, it gives you hope, the knowledge that things will be better. And when I was actually prepping for this message, um, I have like a wee notebook that I like just jot things down on, and it's one a friend gave me, and it has like a Bible verse on the, on the bottom of each page, and the one for the page that I was writing on um, was Psalm 146, verse 5, which reads, blessed are those whose hope is in the Lord their God. I was like, hey, that's cool. Um, okay, over the years, I've had my struggles, my ups and downs, we all do, um, but this year has certainly been the hardest. I want to be real about it, not to be like, what was me, you should all pity me, I've gone through all this hard stuff, but to give glory to God where it is due, for him being the one to pull me through. By putting my trust in him, I always knew that I would come out the other side, come out being stronger, but only thanks to him. To give a bit more context, um, I currently work at Vodafone um, in the call centre in what we call the Fabtech team. So um, basically when people have a problem with the internet or their landline or the TV, they call us to fix it. So as you can imagine, not the happiest of customers generally, and it's our job to make them happy. So it can be hard. Um, we're a 24-7 call centre. Luckily, um, our, our office isn't quite those long hours, but my hours are certainly not Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, as I'd hoped for hours when I was starting for looking for a full-time job after finishing my uni degree. I have, so it's shift work, but I had all these other commitments, and it's a struggle. When I have youth on a Tuesday night, I have um, kids on the weekend, I have things at night church, like in, at night as well as in the morning, I don't have set times that I can't work, and I can't just say, oh, sorry, I can't do that. It's all got to be fair. And then there's times where you just want to hang out with friends, but you can't because you have to be up at work at 6 a.m. or you don't finish till 10 p.m. For example, this past week, um, actually the next two weeks, my earliest finish is about 9 p.m. Um, and I'm actually only able to be here tonight because one of my colleagues was kind enough to swap with me. Um, otherwise I'd be at work. Um, <laughs> where am I at? I went into the job not actually wanting it but having to take it because it was the only one offered to me out of all my applications. And I knew it would be hard, but it's affected me so much more than I realised. I am thankful for the wonderful people I work with who make it better, and I know that I'm growing a whole lot because of it, but it's still a struggle each day. I still have it pretty good, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate. People will look at my life and may think it's perfect and I've got it all together, I'm married, working full-time, decent house, still managing to juggle commitments, technically an adult, you know, all that sort of stuff. In reality, I am extremely blessed and grateful for every aspect of my life, one way or another. But my life is far from perfect. You see, I was, I was putting on a show and hiding what was really going on until the facade came tumbling down. I hadn't realised this facade had a whole lot of little cracks in it. 
and that one conversation would be all it would take to break it. I was covering the fact that I felt like a failure in every area of my life. In my job, in my marriage, my family and my friendships, even my faith. So when the facade broke, I broke with it. And I cried and I cried and I cried. Like now? Come prepared. Waterproof mascara is amazing. Always. The more I thought about my life, the more it hurt and the more I cried. The worst part was that I felt trapped because I didn't feel my faith was strong enough to get me through. Sorry, I can't see. Bear with. Bear with. Oops, went too far. Gotta love technology. I learn that every day. Technology's great and it's the worst thing ever. The hope that had helped me through so much more beforehand was non-existent. I was deep in the valley and I wanted nothing more to be up on that mountaintop. But it doesn't work like that. Mountains have to be climbed in order to be conquered. I'm not really a big fan of climbing mountains. I've never been into hiking or anything like that. Like, I don't know. I can do, like, the stairs in my house. I'll even run up those. Mountains, no. No, thank you. And those who know me probably know I can be a stubborn little brat sometimes. Even in my brokenness, I wanted to be stubborn. I wanted to just sit and moan and make everyone feel sorry for me. So as much as I didn't want to put in any effort, I knew I had to. Because I knew that I would also learn so much from going through it all. It wasn't about sucking it up and pretending like everything was fine. It was actually the opposite. I had to admit I was struggling. I had to reach out for help. But most importantly, I had to decide to start to climb. And I'm still climbing. This brings me to where I am today. Nothing in my life has changed since that night other than my perspective and my attitude. I still feel like I'm not there enough for my parents who are both dealing with major health issues. I still feel like I should be a better friend and a better wife. I still hate my job and how it seems to negatively affect every area of my life. And I still feel like my faith is not where it should be. But as I turn to God, I am shown the truth. My hope is renewed. Each day is another step forwards and up towards that summit. Each day is different and brings its own challenges. Each day I have to choose to look upwards, to be grateful for what I do have, and to give it all to God, no matter what. I've learned life will always have something new to throw at us, and we can't change that. But we can always learn from it. Um, I'm a really big fan of like things that match. Um, so when I had to get a new diary for the beginning of the year, naturally I had to get a matching pen, like, come on. Um, so when I picked my wee diary, 
the only pen that matched my pistachio-coloured diary was one that had this little saying on it, and it was actually pretty cool. It says, never stop learning. I think sometimes we limit what we think of when we talk about learning. Like, it's not just at school, it's not just university, it's not just knowledge. I think we should be always learning new things about ourselves, the people around us, God and his character, or even just life in general. Every situation we find ourselves in is a chance to learn something new. Um, funnily enough, kind of like the verse from earlier, when I was starting to write this message, I got my daily like devotional email, um, and they have different themes over the months, kind of like we do. And the theme they're currently doing um, is different hymns and what we can learn from old school hymns. Um, and the one that for that for the other day was a hymn called "Count Your Many Blessings," written by Johnson Oatman Jr. Basically, it says, no matter what situation you're in, always look on the positive side at the things that are good and focus on those rather than the hardship. And I want to read it out. Um, I tried to find a copy online. No good ones. There's only like gospel ones that you can't even understand what they're saying or just ones that aren't actually the lyrics. Um, So I'm just going to read it, but I thought it was pretty cool. When upon life's billows, you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings and every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. When you look at others with their lands and gold, Think that Christ has promised you his worth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy, your reward in heaven, nor your home on high. So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Um, As I just kind of finish up, some of the other panel members might want to come up. I want to reiterate a few things to leave you with. I don't want this to be remembered as a message all about Elizabeth and her struggles. I don't want it to be remembered as don't worry, be happy message. Because it's more than that. Life isn't always what we want it to be. But we should be real about it. Address the hard things so that you can learn from them. Move forward. We are given countless choices each and every day. Some are harder to make than others. But my advice is to always choose God. In the good, the bad, the ugly and the incredible. Choose to learn, choose to love, choose to have hope. Uh, Good evening. Welcome to our our Life Talk panel. This is an opportunity for you to to really engage with what uh, this idea of I have decided might mean. Maybe you've been coming over the last few weeks and heard uh, three or four different people present these ideas of I have decided um, and what it means for them and their faith. Um, So thanks, Elizabeth, for that message tonight and that that challenge to continue to climb. Um, I'm sure that for all of us there is something within us that we can go, I have decided where that mountain, I need to keep climbing. 
I'm going to ask you a question just, just straight off to start off with. Um, and you just f- finished with a, with a list of always choose. The first one you did was always choose God. What are some, what are some ways that we can always choose God when, when it doesn't always seem so obvious in front of us? I think when you're in that moment and you're kind of lost and you don't really know what to do, like that was where I was at and I, I didn't know. I didn't know whether to just call a friend. I didn't know whether to call my mum. I didn't know whether to get Harry to come home. But I was actually like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on worship music and I'm going to go back to God. And it's when you don't know where to turn, always turn to him. Whether it be that you're not sure what sort of choice to make, whether like... I don't know, you've got a big decision ahead of you when you don't know how to make that, go to him for help. Just kind of in any situation, choose to to go to him rather than to just know that he's there, but actually to go to him and have him part of whatever you're going through. Right. So, sorry, I've completely forgot to introduce it. We're down the end. We have Josh. This is Jacob, Elizabeth, and my name's Jeremiah. So, sorry, to go back to your question, you've... You go, in every circumstance, when I didn't know where to go, yeah. so I, I could have gone to mum or I could have gone to your friends, even if you did go, oh, well, my friends would be a good option, do you just leave God out of it then? F- feel free to, to jump in, guys. But I think uh, I knew I had to go to God first. Like, okay. I didn't rule them out. I still, like, flicked them a message. Right. But I, it had to be to go to God first mm-hmm. and, ad- and address that. And then to look, because I mean, you you can't always just go to God. Sometimes you do have to talk to the people okay. around you who can give you advice and can tell you to snap out of it because you're being silly. Or like it. Sometimes you don't just need a person there as a second opinion. But I think you're always best to go to God first. Yeah, that's good. Well, do you guys have anything that you want to add to that? Yeah, I guess. In those times, and sometimes you, you know, you feel like you've rejected from God, or like there's an alienation there. And I think sometimes, like God puts the right people in our lives to actually right. realign us. Yeah. So if you're really struggling and you need some hope or something, go to someone who can stand in the gap for you. And I think that's, um, you know, Martin Luther's priesthood of all believers summed up so well that Peter talks about. And it's just that other people can intercede for us when we're really weak. Um, you know, think think Moses with his hands, you know, with the Red Sea. You know, he, he gets people to help him and hold him. And I think sometimes we can't actually go to God or, you know, we've done it 10 times and we're just like, I've done that, I'm over that, I need someone else to actually, you know, stand in the gap. So, yeah, it's always an option. Cool. Um, Elizabeth, you talked a few things about how life's not been easy and you've been in that valley, and I'm going to direct this to you guys. Has there been moments for you, and I'm sure there are, but maybe just choose one, um, where you'd be lying if, if you said it was easy. What are some things that you've kind of come across? Like for you, is your work and, and a whole range of different things. But what's an area where you've had to go, actually, this is something I'm, I'm finding difficult. God, I need you in it. Is it just like the big stuff or is there little things in your life as well that you have to continually turn back to him? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's... There's plenty of situations that you find yourself in. Like, there's, there's big ones and there's just small, everyday things. Right. Um, and, yeah, I think, like, like you were saying, to, to choose God. And, um, I mean, I think some of the most significant moments of, of prayer and worship have been the ones that I've the least wanted to go into. Right. Like, when you turn up happy and you're pumped on a Sunday, you 
go to worship, then like it's awesome. But sometimes it's the it's the days where in your room you're like, oh no, like worship's the last thing I want to do right now. That that has the most effect. But but also like Josh was saying, like just having people around you when when really like you just you don't feel like you can do that for yourself to have people. Um, like set up around you who are just solid and able to back you up in that that makes a massive difference there's yeah so even when it's not easy even if we don't want to we keep doing it anyway can it not then become a performance that we're just putting on right um well I think I think you are completely right in what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. When it gets tough, we, we continue to read our Bible. We continue to push into worship. We continue mm-hmm. to turn up to church, to be involved, to serve, to turn up to life group, to, to continue to pray and continue to press into everything that God has for us. But when I really don't feel like it, is it a performance or is it a desperation for going, God, we need you in this situation? Mm. Probably not a performance, more like a posture. You know, when, you know, if you want to receive from God, you can't just have your head down and do nothing about it. So I think continuing to serve and being faithful in that and committing and, um, you know, reading your Bible, even if you're getting nothing out of it, it's more just a posture thing, like waiting for God to, you know, you know, give you something, I guess. And it doesn't always have to be like, oh, I, I turn up at church and put my hands up, but it's like I'm, I'm in my room by myself. There's no one to perform for. Right. But you, you've still just got to make that decision to, um, yeah, just choose God. Like, yeah, I, th- I think it's great. We have, um, Elizabeth, another point you made, um, when you're in the valley and there's nothing more that you want to be on top of the mountain, and you, I love that, that idea of standing in the bottom of a valley and going, yep, that's where I want to be, but it's so massive and so huge. I've decided to start to climb. How do you even start to climb? Like, where do you even begin? Because it's massive. You take little steps. You look for the little good things. So, like, I might have chocolate in my house, and I can eat that. (laughs) That'll make me happy. Like, you start with the real little if you need something, but you look for some sort of positive. Like, there's always going to be something. If you don't have chocolate in your house, you can go buy it. Like... (laughs) There's always got to be something little, and you look for that in order until you're in a position where you can look for something more that's going to give you a bigger step. Yeah. Okay, so then if I, if I take it down to the aspect of your faith and you felt like you weren't good enough, there wasn't, I wasn't quite measuring up, or I, I feel like this is the expectation that's on me and I haven't quite made it, how do you then start to journey that out going, actually, I want to restore this relationship with God? Where do you start doing that? I think it started with at least trying. Right. Whether or not I felt like I was making even any difference, I knew at least I was trying. And it may take a while until anything changes, but if I was doing my best, then I was giving it my all until something changed. And so as long as you're trying, you're doing what what you can. So just doing everything that we can, then allowing God to step in and do everything he can as well, and knowing that he wants that relationship far more than we could ever want it, and just accepting that and starting to journey out. You, um, you made another point about 
learning isn't just this this idea of knowledge, this I have to go somewhere and be taught something, but by just observing people around me and interacting. How how do you learn from other people? How, how do you not just sit and listen, but, but look out for the people around you? What does that look like? I think, like, a big part of learning, at least for me, is just a desire to, like, to just, just decide that, um, yeah, that I want to improve my knowledge on this or my ability to do this and... I suppose you need a reason for that as well. Like you can't um, decide you want to get better at something for no reason. But right. if you've got, um, I don't know, if you if you care about people and then you're like, well, what can I get better at so that right. I can look after people better? Then you've just got that desire to learn. Then you you will learn. Um, yeah, I don't, like, I think uh, the, the quote on your pen, what was it, like, always keep learning or something? Yeah, like that's it's more of a fact than anything. Like you will keep on learning, right. but just um, yeah, directing that, having a desire to take that one way or another. Yeah. Cool. There's there's so much, and there's within this idea of I have decided. There is such a scope of things that you can decide to do, or things that do seem so tough, and we just go. I have decided to do it anyway. So I'm going to invite Julia to come up um, and just lead us into a time of of reflection and um, turning back to God.